Thank you for listening to the Calgary Business Podcast. As host, I have had the privilege of meeting a number of individuals that have shared fascinating stories from their experiences in the pre-COVID, COVID, and now in the expanded COVID period. Out of 220 podcasts to date, many of my guests have highlighted their commitment to help a variety of charitable and social impact agencies. Examples of two such organizations that have recently stood out to me include, first, the In From The Cold charity that Abir and Aya Al-Qadri from A to Z Liquidation support. They were my guests on episode 220. Second, the Brown Bagging for Calgary's Kids is just one charity that Matthew Andrade and his family business, Gentleman Rogue, are supporting. Matthew was my guest on episode 200. Take the time to consider donating to either one or both of these organizations. Brown Bagging for Calgary Kids can be found at bbck4.org and In From The Cold has a unique website, onesmallgift.ca. Once again, thanks for listening to the Calgary Business Podcast. Have a great day and stay safe. Good afternoon. Is that Graham on the line? Yes, Alan. It's Graham here. How you doing, mate? Good. Graham, welcome to Calgary Business Podcast. Oh, thanks for the invitation. You know, we're episode 222, 222, and I guess the 2s mean something. You know, you and I tried this once before, so <laughs> the second round for 222. Absolutely. So, Graham, you know, introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your background and why we're even having this podcast. Yeah, thanks uh, again. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity here, um, Alan. Um, so a little bit about myself. Um, so I grew up in uh, Perth, Western Australia, and completed my uh, my bachelor's in health and physical education, and continued studying until I received my certification yeah. in occupational health and safety. Um, in when I was in Australia, I was working with um, as a health and safety professional of the last ten years, um, mostly in the mining industry. Yeah, um, there's a there's quite a large iron ore um, mine, especially over in West Australia. Um, so companies such as Rio Tinto and BHB Billiton um, yeah. were the two main uh, companies I worked with um, when and I was back home. You know, that's not unlike like, sort of Western or Southern Alberta and the mountains in the Kootenai, you know, there's that BC with the coal mining. Did you find, the, I mean, I didn't ask you this before, but is that something you've seen the interest in your product? We'll, we'll talk a bit later, but is because of your mining experience and then do you, do you have contacts in the Western kind of Canadian mining uh, industry? Yeah, absolutely. And that's something, um, another industry that will uh, try to continue to grow in um, yeah. you know, with, uh, with health and safety, it touches all industries. Um, sure. And, you know, the, the number one uh, thing is looking at uh, the workers safety. So you were, so the company, your company is called, because I get, I want to get it right. You say it. In, in unison. unison just just in unison right for so that's but we'll go back to your bhp time so you came to canada how long ago uh so i arrived in canada about eight years ago um yeah. and then started working in the oil and gas industry um obviously being in calgary um that was the the largest industry um here and sort of worked with companies such as murphy oil canada energy black swan energy uh most of the work here uh we did was looking at creating implementing um safety and operational procedures Right, and then you know, looking at the training and competency um, as well for to ensure that uh, the workers understand uh, what is required. Now, I know this is you know, if I look at big uh, big hill properties, BHP Billiton, right? 
That BHP stands for Big Hill Properties, right? Uh, I believe so. <laughs> okay. I'm not too but, sure. <laughs> but those are, I mean, Rio Tinto, those are blue chip names. They've got mines across the globe. They must have like the, you know, the, 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 this gold standard, if you want to call it, of HSC. Is that, did you take a lot of that with you in your head or maybe some manuals that you took? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of the learnings um, and a lot of the processes um, that I did learn from from BHP and the Billiton um, days, we were able to you know use that to support a lot of the smaller businesses, and right. um, that's where we sort of saw the the gap or the problem um, and why we created in unison. So um, in unison was formed by uh, Jeff Weaver, Kevin Black, myself, with the mission to make the world a safer place to work. Like many of the safety professionals, like I've personally experienced a uh, loss of a friend um, due to a workplace accident, um, right. which is one of the one of the big drivers for me to be able to make a difference um, within the industry and, you know, to support our clients that way. So now that you, I mean, you mentioned small clients and you saw the gap, they just don't have the procedures. They don't have the people. What what's missing that said that in unison is going to fill that void? Yeah. Um, so before we, when we started to, to look at this business opportunity that we had, um, we did some research and, you know, 97% of businesses in Canada are classified in the small business. So between one to 99 workers, employees. Yeah. Uh, we also identified that most of these small businesses, about 60%, um, wouldn't have a safety program. And mostly due to because of a safety program can be fairly expensive. Um, right. They might not have the human resources available um, or the skill or the knowledge to be able to implement correctly. Right. And some may not see see the value in it as well. So you, yeah, I know you and I talked a little bit about this, but I maybe democratization of HSC, is that something that you, you and your co-founders, have you, you saw that as a term or is that something you're still trying to learn about? Yeah, it's definitely something that we, we, we've looked into and, you know, yeah. we are trying to provide a, a solution um, to to help that mission of making the world a safer place to work. And the step one is, you know, looking at providing everyone with a compliant safety program so they have a baseline to, to start from. Well, that's an incredible statistic that you said about the 60% of don't have a program. What does that, that must mean for the government in terms of the, I guess, the massive risk element that exposed, I mean, that, that hits government, that hits, you know, industry regulations, that hits, what, insurance, that's a huge gap. Is, it, is that something the government sees as a problem as well? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, initiatives such as um, CORE or the Certificate of Recognition um, and then for the small employees, the C-CORE, which is the Small Employee Certificate of Recognition, is something that uh, Workers' Compensation, WCB, um, has initiated uh, to try to reduce uh, risk at the workplace. They found... Right. Um, you know, a company with a safety program that is being implemented actually does reduce uh, risk and also injuries to, to workers. Well, that's a claim. You and I were kind of talking about the, if you take the insurance angle, and I think you were, you know, the offshore, the big, you know, the big rigs, they, and a lot of those big companies, they can afford to have the, the, the necessary insurance. But when there's a claim, you know, it's a loss of inter business interruption. Those are mm -hmm. very expensive uh, uh, policies to put in place. Do you get involved in the insurance side, or uh, not? Not typically with the um, the insurance side, in, in terms of uh, producing a claim for, say, a loss of equipment. Yeah. Um, however, if uh, if there is a loss of equipment, there is always an investigation, and part of that investigation will, um, you know, it's part of insurance 
will want to have a look at what is your maintenance program, um, how many times have you maintained it, when was it inspected, um, how well right. was it inspected, did it work within uh, the parameters of what the um, original manufacturer um, has set. So a lot of that, those pieces is, the, is what the insurers will look at and that's sure. what we can help provide. But then I guess to that, so that's after a claim, but beforehand, if you're involved, uh, that might help some of those small producers in terms of their insurance, because the smaller you are, the bigger your insurance costs, it seems. Yeah, and it's also based on, on the risk as well. Yeah. So the, the risk within the industry, how many claims within that industry, and then how many claims uh, within your organization as well. So we're able to reduce A, the, the risk to workers, risk to equipment, then there is a monetary value that comes back to the, the business themselves. So what, switching gears a little bit then, Graham, where, where was client one? Where was, where, where was uh, in unison one? Do you, do, can you think back to that time? So, yeah, so it, within unison, we had, um, it was a combination of two companies which uh, Jeff Weaver founded. So IMS Global Corp and Operational Excellence. Um, right. The IMS side was more so the health and safety um, documentation and the consulting practice, right. and then the operational excellence side was the um, was the technology piece. Uh, what we found was if we were able to combine the two to create in unison, that would be um, a better way uh, to be able to help support our clients, and we were able to bring our clients through that transition process. So, in terms of the very first in unison client, we we probably had about thirty firsts. At one time, <laughs> that's a big list. You guys are all—they're all standing on stage. We're giving awards out for the in unison awards, in, and you're all together. And they're singing, and no, but so literally that you just kind of had—you hit the market running. Yes, absolutely. So you combine the kind of process side with the operational side, like the paperwork with what they're doing in the field. It was the two together. Is that? It was yeah. It was the two together, and what we were trying to achieve here is. We've seen that how technology has really changed behavior and how technology has helped in some critical um, decisions. Right. So, you know, if we take, for example, Instagram changing behavior, you never used to take photos before you <laughs> ate, ate at a restaurant, but now it's the norm. You, you take your photo out, you go to a restaurant, get a great meal, you take a photo of it and you send it out. It becomes a behavior. So what we're trying to do uh, is to make, you know, when someone uh, starts a job, you know, what they look at is they look at the risks, they look at a hazard assessment, they're able to complete that. And it just uh, takes that five to 10 seconds to make them uh, look at what potential risks there are before walking into it. So you're just having that, that small uh, gap to say, okay, this is what I need to do. This is my job. However, sure. part of my job is to analyze is to analyze what could go wrong and make sure it doesn't go wrong. So you, I mean, I want to go back to your training because you kind of, you bleed this stuff. HSC, you're like one of those HSC guys with the you know, PPE equipment. You wear the orange thing, you know, by weekend and you take that off. But I, I literally think when you re, like, go to your restaurant analogy, when you come into a restaurant, do you look at it with a different lens? And I mean that from, you know, could you bring that almost to everywhere where you look at the occupational risks? Um, I mean, I'm just saying that in, in, in sort of a high level, but what do you think? Do you look at it differently everywhere you go or you switch off? 
No, I actually do look at it everywhere I go and I try to instill that into uh, my young son as well. So when we're having conversations, yeah, um, you know, part of it is coaching and providing knowledge. And when I do go into a restaurant, especially uh, this year uh, where there's with a lot COVID of and- with COVID and everything, uh, one of the first things I look at is, you know, do they have signs up? Are they are people wearing masks? Um, uh, is their staff you know, trains and do they provide yeah. me with information that I feel comfortable as a, as a customer coming in. And we've actually had the opportunity to work with the Alberta Hospitality Association and the Small Brewers Association and also uh, Calgary Hotel Association to help provide that guidance uh, to, to restaurants uh, within Alberta. That's incredible. Was that, an, was that a natural thing because you had a relationship before or – because you were in that space, how did that how did that come up? Yeah, it was through a, a previous relationship. Uh, so we we've done a lot of event management safety, and okay. through through those contacts, um, one of the <clears throat> one of the uh, members of the Calgary um, Hotel Hospitality Association reached out to see if we could support the industry. Uh, there was a lot of changes, a lot of guidelines, uh, especially in March, and yeah. there was a lot of restaurant owners who didn't uh didn't have the time or didn't have the knowledge or the skill base to be able to keep up with these guidelines and to implement these these changes so we're able to to come in and support and provide that that guidance so to to uh now i remember emc squared events they're they're on your they're on your web page yes they are they've been a long time client of ours (laughs) was it because they were one of my long time long time ago podcast guests and i traveled down to their offices there and it, and it was you know that was early pot early calgary business podcast time but uh, i think of you know G- gary davies was the president at the time i don't know who's there but, mm-hmm. th- but that's a huge i guess that's a huge business and, and people probably overlook it because if something happens there's insurance that right i mean how did that how did that relationship start was it some acclaim or Someone said, we want to, you know, we've got a lot of heavy equipment. How did that work out? Uh, it was actually through, uh, through Jeff Weaver and, and Gary and uh, Jocelyn there. Um, they've got a good working relationship. And, yeah. uh, you know, E-Equals wanted to make sure that their events were, were run and managed safely. And we were able to come in and, well, Jeff was able to come in and support that and provide them with, with the tools and also the, the training and the guidance as well. So um, a lot of their... Uh, event producers now they that is part of their um, them producing an event is to produce it safely now i want to talk tech in a bit but i want to right i want to narrow that down that what you just said there regarding when they look at their 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 setup a vr or augmented reality i think of pokemon you know you put the glasses <laughs> on or you put your phone on and you, you know being able to identify the risks by putting on those goggles is that something maybe i'm just thinking out loud here but it's it would seem that would fit. Yeah, definitely. So that would be um, obviously in the training uh, piece yeah. where, you know, a lot of times training the old ways was to look at the PowerPoint, watch a video. Um, however, now with technology, uh, there is a lot of companies out there. Um, one that we're, we're looking to partner with as well is uh, looking at VR and trying to uh, train and coach and provide people with the knowledge um, before they even so yep. they go out to the field um, in a safer environment. Um, so when they do go out there, they understand and they expect what's happening. But that's the same. So your son, so think of it, you're training him, a lot of employees, so that's in around the home, 
but a lot of employees have no clue. A kitchen, kitchen, you know, kitchen, the, the stove, the grease stove, whatever it is. Like there's, there's so many elements, the hot spots, the hot zones. And that's, yeah. wow, I think that's a powerful tool just to step in and look, look, put the goggles on or here's your phone and you got the Pokemon in that corner. See that risk? You're looking at it with a different lens and you see it right away. But these, the workers come in, it's just something they see every day and they don't see that. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. So let's talk a little tech. Is you, what kind of tech is in unison are you you're using? So our platform is built on the React platform. So it's a web-based, uh, web application-based yeah. um, solution. So with that, we're able to provide a safety program that's up-to-date, compliant uh, to OHS legislation um, very rapidly. So what it potentially could take a safety consultant you know, eight days to a few months uh, to create, we can do that fairly rapidly. Um, and then it's the support that we provide um, with my client success team to help implement that to a, with, a, with a business. So it's long, of the days, long gone of the days where you give them a, a manual, a, you know, a binder full and it goes on the shelf. You're exactly. It's interact. Is it interact? So an example, if, you, if someone's going to use that, do they, is there a series of modules they go through or how does that work, Jeff, uh, Graham? Yes. So uh, the, the first step would be to identify what industry you're in. Um, so based on the industry, there's different risks. Um, so we're able to use the technology on the back end to identify, uh, to already complete your risk analysis of what your your business industry is yeah. and provide you with a, a safety program that meets those risks. Now you're able to review that risk and make sure that um, the safety program is, is adequate um, and we can work together um, with that organization. But then it's the, um, the ability to uh, report an incident to track a safety meeting, um, any sort of hazard IDs that come through and all that data coming in, we're able to, to use and, and as a safety professional, I, I can look at the data and say, you know, at this particular location, we're having uh, X amount of um, hazards yeah. or leaks. And then I can start to focus my efforts into, into fixing that before it becomes a loss. So that's incredible. So the data tells you a story, not only the visual you can see, but you can also read the data and tell the story differently than, than a non-professional or non-HSC person. Absolutely. So, and, and that's what we're trying to, uh, we're looking to, to build within the solution is, you know, a lot of companies, like I mentioned with the smaller business, um, they might not, they won't have the, the time or the skill set to be able to have someone to look at the data and pro- provide right. them with information. Uh, what we're looking at with our platform is to be able to have your uh, safety professional in your pocket that can then you can say, <laughs> hey, look, you know, there's something a notification comes up, and yeah. and this is what you could do. Uh, we have a look at data these days and how it's used in our lives. Uh, you know, I'm a big NFL guy, uh, watcher now, so um, you know, in sports and stuff, you know, a lot of coaches will use data and probability methods to to make certain decisions on what what they're going to, what play they're going to do next. Yeah. So, you know, looking at that data and interpreting interpreting it in a certain way will uh, allow, um, you know, a, a supervisor, a manager, a business owner to, um, to make the, the most informed decision. Well, I, I want to go back to, uh, I do want to mention the NFL. Thank you for bringing that up. But, uh, you know, a couple of years ago, there was a, there was a Australian rules football player or a rugby player who played for the NFL, the 49ers. I don't know. If yes. Jared Hayne. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> he was terrible, but he was, he, he, 
he, I mean, it wasn't terrible, but I, the, what I saw, he just didn't get a chance to play much. But, but this, it's that that game's changing, and kickers are changing. They're, they come from all over these days. But mm-hmm. it, we can we can have a side discussion on that. But that's uh, so. Look, so data, because you know, you talk about inspections, or not? You didn't talk, but you know, there's inspections and there's incidents, and then there's like there's a whole reams of the use which can mm-hmm. go down different streams. Do you do you kind of say? There's an incident, okay, we pocket that over here. We have data on uh, inspections. Do you, is it a form accumulation? They work together or separately? How does that, I mean? Yeah, it's, it's working together and trying to piece together all the information that, that you have and to try and recreate or tell a story to someone. Um, data at the moment is just sort of uh, numbers, but it's how, how one person interprets it and yeah. how they can use it to, um, to benefit from it. Um, you know, and again, part of the part of the reason why we we build the technology is so it's easy to use. It's user friendly. Uh, you can onboard your your workers uh, within within minutes, and then they are able to to put in that data for you. So, um, you know, looking at checklists, uh, inspections, like you mentioned, it's a lot easier to complete it um, yeah. on your phone or on on a tablet. And then there's also workflows built in behind it. So uh, reminders will be sent out if you forget to, uh, to do something or if there's a corrective action that needs to be uh, implemented, you're able to get that notification and make sure that it is closed out um, so an injury doesn't occur or a loss or equipment damage doesn't occur because of that uh, action being dropped. You know, you speak about some of the – I remember in the Middle East, and like I spent 10 years in, in the Middle East, and lost time incidents was a big, you literally, if any construction site, they'd have that massive signboard that said, you know, so many mil- million of man hours without lost time. Is that, is that a metric big here in the West or in Australia? How was that? And, okay, so let you answer that one. It is, it is a metric that is, is used, um, you know, the, the total recordable incident frequency. So that's yeah. based on the number of recordable incidents um, times your, your work hours or number of hours worked. Um, but then for a small organization, because they have less man hours, you're going to see a higher um, incident rate if they only have one recordable incident. So it right. doesn't really tell the full story. Yeah. And what we need to look at and what we need to change within the industry is not just looking at what they call the lagging indicators, which is the, the losses, but also looking at the leading indicators, which is all the proactive um, activities that are going on. Um, you know, like your inspections, your hazard IDs, your your training and competency. Um, they're all the things that I think as a safety professional, we need to look at and, yeah. and use and not just focus on, on the losses, even but though they are important. To your point, though, the smaller guy is going to – smaller guy or the business is going to get penalized for maybe WCB risk because that one incident versus the thousand, you know, thousand – whatever it is, the ratio – Versus a massive company who's got thousands of man hours and employees, you got a million out man hours with with this one claim. So the, mm-hmm. the, there's is there incentives to underreport or lack of incentive? I mean, a lot of incidents would ever would never make it light of day, would they? It's uh, it comes down to the safety culture and what the what that business's safety culture is. So if you have a positive safety culture where you are reporting um, because of you because of the culture there that, you know, reporting all incidents because you're looking to correct it. Sure. Whereas, you know, I'm not saying that there are businesses out there that uh, 
you know they incentivize to not report but they're you know human um if you if there's an incentive uh, human behavior sometimes you you may not want to report because you might feel like you're letting the team down or uh you don't want to be uh looked down upon so you you try not to report so um trying to move away from that um that behavior and that culture and more into a positive safety culture yeah and and that's where we want i want to drive sort of the industry and and our clients that we worked with, um, that's where we're trying to take them along the, along the path. I, you know, from li- listening to you speaking, I think there's such an opportunity for the tech. You mentioned notifications. So, and I, I don't know if you were talking about COVID, but if, you know, there's that COVID app. And if you're, in, if you're near somebody who's, who's reported and you, the two apps can speak to each other and the humans don't need to interact or can give you a warning. But that, when I take my time on the construction site, I think that's very valuable if I get a push notification saying, hey, there's an HS, H2S uh, gas leak here or there's pressure buildup there and mm-hmm. notifications are pushed to all employees, not just the HSC guys. Yeah. Again, that, that comes to, to knowledge and, yeah. um, and the information being uh, delivered to, to someone, an individual. Um, so if we're able to look at um, and a lot of those technology like the IoT or Internet of Things, yeah. um, you know, there is a lot of APIs that can be built in um, and have, and receive that push notification. So again, it comes down to providing someone with the, the information um, of that site, the, the training and the skill set to be able to, uh, to look at what to do um, yeah. when they receive that notification. That's where we want to head into. And it's all about, about uh, education and, and training and providing uh, workers with the the utmost information that they they need to be able to to work safely. The technology piece isn't the um, isn't going to be the one that's going to make this magically happen. Um, it's going to the people who are using it and yeah. then the managers who are um, implementing and and providing that value to them. You know, I think if I just go back to I know there's you mentioned uh, when you and I talked offline about the time we do your, your data, um, the able to use the data to help sell a story and reduce time and less manual. Do you find a lot of, in the last few years, in, there's a lot of conversions from manual systems to just basic tech or just basic or, or what? Is it still very manual oriented around here? There, it's about 50-50. Some, some companies are, are still on sort of the, the pen and paper and, and because of, you know, there might be some lack of cell coverage or um, lack of technology <laughs> yeah. um, as well. So, you know, we can't 100% get rid of it. However, sure. um, you know, there are other companies who are going over and beyond with their technology and they're able to uh, incorporate that into their daily, uh, day-to-day work. But how does that, if you, so one company is used, it's got a, say, let's take the BHT, BHT, BHP Billiton, Rio Tinto. I'm going to give that because, you know, that's, they're pretty blue chip for me on a global stage. And then they have third-party contractors or other third parties who are on site and they're not tech-enabled to that level. That disparity is going to play out in terms of when they come on site. You know, you know what I mean? So do they link in automatically? Uh, maybe I'm just speaking out loud here, but it's, I just think there's a, a big, big, big companies have the money. Mm-hmm. Some companies don't, like you said that in the beginning. How does that marry up? It's uh, it's a big change, um, definitely for for the smaller companies. Uh, you know, the the bigger companies 
will look at an expectation. Um, and if company A um, doesn't meet a certain expectation, they're yeah. going to move to company B. So if you're, if you're a, a small to medium-sized business who is unable to, to meet the expectations of a, a prime contractor, yeah. it's going to be a lot tougher for you to engage with and also to, to win that, uh, that contract. So there's incentive there. And, that, that's, and if yours is more affordable than, say, a big tech install, which I presumably you are, if you're going to democratize HSC, it's probably pretty affordable compared to some of the bigger players out there. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's what we want to do. We, like, like I said earlier, you know, the, the mission within Unison is to make the world a safer place to work. And the first thing we need to do is to provide people with a safety program that is affordable. Um, the next part is to, to provide them with the support. And then hopefully that will just be ingrained with, uh, with that business's uh, day-to-day operations. Sure. You know, I think of back... So I, I spent some time working in Russia, and the, the company I worked with is, was a, is a Russian oil field services. And BP, the processes came from them and on everything, every sort of, mm-hmm. you know, the financial controls, the operational controls. But HSC, you know, again, similarly, that, you know, you work on, you walk on site onto the drilling rig and the guy, you know, you got to wear the hat, you got to, they, they brief you on site. But I remember, so all the guys, all the operational people were, were briefed. But there was a seismic incident, and if you know about seismic, they clear trees first. Uh-huh. So the, the bunch of loggers go and they clear the trees, and the, the the driver of the truck was smoking, just standing there, and the tree fell and you know crushed him on the, the tree, crushed the driver, because he didn't have the training. I mean, how do you how do you try to get all those people in those pieces together? It's incredible. Yeah, it's uh, and it's, it's to do with the contract and management piece as well. So. You know, with uh, with larger companies, they they want to be able to bring on uh, a client, a, a contractor that knows and understands that. And then again, it's it, it takes time to to deliver and um, provide that information to to everyone. So using the technology, we're able to um, expedite that um, the process of information from from one person to another as well. And hopefully, yeah. that would be. Um, something that you know, as a small small business working for a large organization, you're able to to show that you know you are moving in that step. You know, it's almost like a small you know going to the doctor's office. You get a health diagnosis. You were saying like depending on the business, your app, your app or your tech adjusts to that different business. Much like a you know individual going different ages, different gender, different backgrounds. It's it's a health diagnostics diagnostics for a company. What you do. Yeah, it's. Uh... That's a, that's a great analogy. Um, it is. Uh, and what we do is we come in and we provide a, a risk assessment of, of your business. Yep. And we can, and, you know, working with uh, the, the field operators or the, the people that are in the line um, working is, is the most valuable information that you can get because then you can see exactly what's happening and you can provide information based on the actions that they're taking. Well, it has multiple purposes. One has maybe WCB or it has, you know, the other bigger, co- if you've got contracts, but that, that's sort of an ongoing process. Cause if, if I fill the RFP or the requirements for request for proposal, I, I have to have it ongoing. It's like a certificate of health. Similarly, mm-hmm. your business changes and that keeps you engaged. Does that, is that absolutely. Yeah. So Graham, I, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've kind of ran the gamut on my, my questions, but is there anything I didn't ask you today that you, you want to get the message out there? Yeah, so um, you know, 
the the way that uh, you know Inusen works is you know we have the technology, um, but we're using the technology to to help. Um, it's it's not like I mentioned earlier. It's not something that is a magic wand that if you jump onto a unison, you're you're going to be a hundred percent safe. It's it's the people and looking after the people and providing them with the education and with the technology that we have, we're able to help um, expedite that. But also with the the support um, from OHS professionals like myself and others within my team, yes, um, we're able to help guide you down that process um, and provide you with you know, the support that you need, whether it's uh, looking at receiving core or looking to improve your safety culture because, um, you know, that's essentially what you want to do um, or providing the, the educational training um, for, for your workers. So, you know, they can, they can come to work, they can feel safe and you have a better uh, sort of morale within the, within your organization as sure. well. Um, yeah. So it's a, there's a lot of value um, to running a safety program, um, you know, not just on the, the monetary side of things and the potential growth that you could have, um, but also on the people side. And, you know, for, for me um, and within Unison, it's all about the people and providing, providing them and the business um, a, a tool and the guidance sure. so you know, people can work safely. You know, it reminds me a lot. I listened to the part, the Delta Airlines, the CEO was on one, a podcast earlier this year. And he said, you know, airlines now, they're the safest place to be in terms of the COVID. And he says, because mm-hmm. you've taken all these steps, we're safer than he was comparing it to a, sh- a grocery store or a shopping center. But, you know, there's so many touching points of safety. And it starts in the home. And then, you know, it carries right through. You walk on a step. Literally, I mean, it, it, it doesn't end. So your job, you must have a tough job. You live, you must, you, you can't sleep at night. Is that right? You've already- <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to sleep at night, but... Uh- you know, depending on what's going on, yeah. um, you know, if we have if we have critical work going on, then there's a couple of restless restless nights. Was it, no, it's incredible though. Like your lens, and I say this from when you buy a new car, you always see that car on the road. When you buy new shoes, you always see those shoes. You know what I mean? Like you see other people, like or new jacket or whatever it is, and you notice that. So uh, your lens, as I'm saying, the safety guy. How do you sleep? Because you're, yeah. <laughs> you're looking, you've got this lens on the back, you know, the back of your head, you're always thinking, I, I, I love that. But it's, yeah. you know, it's, I, I think it's such an important, and, and today's, you know, the COVID's hit into it. It just touches, it touches on so much that we do, we took for granted. It does. And, you know, if we have a look at things, we're always analyzing risk. You know, when you're crossing a car, uh, crossing a road, yeah. you're looking at risk. When you're driving a car, you, you're analyzing the risk. When you're buying a house, you know, you're analyzing that risk. Um, and with more information, you're able to make informed decisions. And that's what we're trying to provide. Well, you know, Graham, this has been really, I, I'm glad we, we had this chance to chat and to redo 222 for the second time, episode <laughs> number 222. But literally, thank you so much. And uh, oh, website, any, any sort of tech, how to find you? Where's the best? Yes, yeah, so perfect. Uh, thanks for that. Um, so you can find us at www.inunison.io. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And uh, we're also on LinkedIn um, at Enus and Tech. But I like that io.io. That's the, the there's a real tech bent to that one, and I, there's probably for a reason you picked that as your as your domain name. Yeah, absolutely. But I had someone said, in case, depends how old you are, which I'm 54. He said, depends how old you are. HTTP, and I'm like, I just laughed. I mean, look, <laughs> I got a good website for you. It's, it's called G O O G L E. Could find anything. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Graham, really, thanks so much. And, and 
Well, I say stay safe and enjoy the holidays, man. Yeah, thanks, Alan, and Merry Christmas to you and your family. Yeah, you too. Take care. See ya. All right, bye.